Would you stand with me as look into the word of the Lord? John chapter 10. Again, thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord with us today. We appreciate you making the drive, making the time, uh, braving the weather, and uh, being with us. Praise God. We shall overcome. <laughs> Is that what we're celebrating tomorrow? The Martin Luther uh, day off. Well, thank the Lord that we have overcoming power in the name of Jesus Christ. John chapter 10, verse 7. Let's read together. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Praise God. The open door and the reference to sheep. I'm so thankful that our Lord uh, does not forsake us, does not uh, leave us defenseless. The sheep are defenseless <laughs> and hardly do anything. But our God steps in and does a work and declares the open door. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Lord bless you. Now, I, I read that passage and I, I thought um, that, you know, the door was what I wanted to focus on, and the Lord saying, I am the door, and then how he connected that to the aspect of sheep and a shepherd. And I began to think about the history of... Um, of shepherds and the connection of sheep and, and so on. And I went all the way back to the garden when the transgression and uh, sin of Adam and Eve required the Lord to make um, coats of skins for them. Which animal did he use? Whose blood was shed? I think, now the scripture doesn't say, but I think, it was sheep. I think it was the lamb. The lamb that was significant of Jesus Christ becoming the sacrifice for our sins. We know that Abel, uh, the son of Adam and Eve, offered from his flocks, and Cain, the other son, from his garden. And uh, the choice of the Lord, of course, was with Abel. And uh, the offering of uh, a lamb from his flocks because, again, of the significance of bloodshed referring to what was going to come on the cross thousands of years later. See, God, God's got things figured out way ahead. We like to figure things out. We're going to do this on uh, this year. We're going to do that. We're going to have this plan. We're going to put this into effect. God looks thousands of years ahead and knows what his plan will be and how he is going to fulfill it. Abraham and Lot uh, were uh, shepherds. Their flocks increased. Their shepherds 
squabbled, and that's when Abraham said, we're brothers, let's not have this conflict with one another over pastures, over wells, and uh, you choose. Which direction you go, I'll choose the opposite. Lot chose to go to a city. What did he do with his flocks? He must have um, commissioned his shepherds to continue uh, with them in the pastures and the proceeds would be given to him as he lived uh, in the city and uh, compromised with, um, with righteousness. Well, that's another message. Joseph had his family settle in Goshen after he went through all of the uh, difficulties, after he took all of the downs and finally was lifted up. You know, don't despair. Things may look down for the moment, but our God has a plan of opening the door and raising you up. Amen. I'm telling you, this is what God's going to do in this year. Praise God. And the power of the Lord is going to be displayed. He told them that the Egyptians despise shepherds. He was trying to give them a hint, trying to say, you know, kind of be low-key here now, and you have cattle, but shepherds and sheep, uh, they're not so favored by the Egyptians. But what did Jacob do? He told Pharaoh, thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. It's been in our family, been in the place for generations. We're not going to change. I think that's the attitude we've got to have as well. Amen. We're servants of the Lord. We're following his word. We're obedient to his precepts and principles. We're not going to change. Doesn't matter what the year brings. Don't matter what is going to come. We're going to follow the Lord and work with him. Moses and the Passover lamb, I'll try to hurry, water from the rocks to uh, provide for the flocks and um, the families that were serving God in that wilderness area, uh, the Lord did not hold back, and they did not suffer the loss, but they kept on with the Passover lamb and uh, that sacrifice. David, in 2 Samuel 7 and 8, um, the, the word that came to him, Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, or sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And he recognized his work as a shepherd, as a young boy, uh, his work as a shepherd, and his writing of the 23rd Psalm, perhaps the most recognized psalm of all the 150. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, it could stand in that, those two phrases alone, but he goes on and includes aspects of sheep and shepherds. He talks about pastures and still waters and paths and rod and staff of the shepherd and anointing oil and so on. All of these aspects to emphasize the fact that we are sheep of his pasture. Thank God that we know the power and the blessing of the Lord. And so it's no wonder that when Jesus declared, I am the door, he linked the aspects of a shepherd and sheep along with that. He said the shepherd opens the door of the sheepfold. They know the voice of the shepherd. They don't follow a stranger. 
And I think that's good advice for us. We need to stay with the shepherd. We need to hear his voice. We need to be in tune with it because there are a lot of voices in this world today. The Internet has made sure you hear a, a, a myriad of voices. You hear many of them. But the voice of the shepherd is what we've got to be in tune with and make sure we're following what his word declares. Because there are thieves and robbers who don't use the door, and they're definitely trying to steal from you. In fact, you go on to verse 10, and the Lord says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, and that more abundantly. Praise God. I'm thankful that we can know that power and the blessing of the Lord. When we read on in chapter 10, verse 11 and 14, the Lord declaring, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd shuts the door, and no one can open it. He opens the door and no one can shut it. He knows his sheep. I'm thankful he knows you. He knows your situations. He knows your needs. He knows the things that you struggle with. He knows the aspects that cause you worry and anxiety. And thank God that he's able to step in and do the work that brings about the results in his plan and his purpose. A hireling flees from the danger that approaches the sheep. He flees from the wolf. He doesn't stay and do battle and offer protection. But the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amen. Those that heard him probably did not make the connection, did not realize he was talking about his own life and how that he would be willing to give himself for the sheep. But thank God that he was able to provide the open door. I thought about the gates of cities and how the walled cities with gates that controlled commerce and offered protection was very much a part of what the, uh, the, the cities of Canaan where the Israelites were headed in the promised land. That pretty much was how every city was and certainly Jericho would fit that model. But Joshua recognized it's going to change. There's going to be victory. And they circled the walls once a day for six days without a sound except the sound of the trumpet. Praise God. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And on the seventh time around, they shouted with a great shout. And the walls and the gates came down. Praise God. The Lord knows how to open doors. The Lord knows how to bring about a tremendous victory. I think about Samson and his feats of great strength as the Lord empowered him, the victories that he was able to uh, accomplish, and sometimes um, uh, not necessarily uh, in the, the uh, direction of the Lord, but God stepping in and providing for him the strength that he could use to kill a lion, to capture 300 foxes alive and uh, to smote the enemy hip and thigh, and a great slaughter in another occasion. A thousand Philistines killed. And then he carried off the doors of the gates of Gaza with two posts, a bar and all. Off they went, marching up the hill with it and looking back and saying, now you don't have a gate. Now your wall is wide open. Huh. And I'm thankful that the Lord is able to bring that kind of victory to his people yet today. He said, I will build my church. 
Praise God. I will build. It's the will of God for there to be a church in this land in this hour. It's the will of God for there to be apostolic influence in the world today. It's the will of God for you to be a city set on a hill. Praise God. Not just a lamp in your house, but certainly light in your house and a light in, uh, in the community and a light to the world. Praise God. Have that influence. His bride is who he gave himself for. His will is to have a people for his name. His purpose is not just a building. We thank God for this building. It's nice and warm. <laughs> it's awfully cold in many places in the U.S. today. Church is canceling because it's so cold, because the roads are so treacherous and all of that. They need to come to Alaska and take driving lessons, I guess. But uh, the situation is changing. But God's will is for a bride that he calls his church. Praise God. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. We oftentimes uh, think of it as uh, uh, the, the onslaught of hell and the enemy coming in like a flood. And the Bible tells us of those things. But really, it's the church going forward. It's the church going through the open doors. It's the church taking the message. It's the church being the influence. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Praise God. I'm thankful that when the demons of hell come against the church and want to thwart the truth, I'm thankful that there is the angelic presence that raises up against them and are able to bring victory to the people of God. You hold on. You keep going. You don't stop. You look for that open door. Praise God. And know the power of the Lord will be there to provide for you. I think of the doorposts that the blood was applied in Moses' day for the death angel to pass over. The blood of the lamb, that Passover lamb, was to be put on a bush and put upon uh, the lintel and then on the side posts of the door and the death angel that would come through Egypt would pass over those homes that had the blood applied. It would seem to be a strange ordinance, a strange thing that they had to do. And no doubt there were Egyptians who wondered, uh, what are these Israelites doing now? Why are they killing a, a, a little lamb? And uh, at least they're eating it. And uh, what are they doing with the blood? I know that there are those today who would wonder about the church. Why do you keep going? Why are you so diligent on attending? Why do you allow, allow your lives to be changed? Why do you go down in that uh, tank of water? Why do you uh, speak in a language that you don't understand? Well, what about all the tears? What, what's going on? They don't understand. They don't know. But thank God, those of us who have moved into that realm of faith and experience and understanding know the value of it. And I guarantee you, the firstborn of those Israelite homes was so thankful that the blood was applied. They were so thankful that when the death angel passed over the, the, uh, the, the country of Egypt and all away from the lowest prison to the palace, the firstborn was dead 
in that morning. Oh, thank God we know how the Lord has provided for us to escape the death and hell of this world, but to move into the realm of understanding his power and his goodness and the hand of the Lord to be there. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Upon his throne he was there. And as the cry of holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the posts of the doors moved. And the power of God was displayed in an amazing way. The temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah was overcome by the glory of God and the sense of him being unclean in the presence of the Lord. But God dispatched an angel to take a burning coal from the altar and brought cleansing of iniquity to him. And Isaiah could hear the Lord uh, asking, who is going to go? Who will we send? And Isaiah declaring, here am I, send me. Thank God that there could be that recognition, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to go. I'm going to do the will of the Lord. I'm going to follow through on God's power, and I'm going to walk through that open door. Praise God. And the power of the Lord would be there. Isaiah prophesied about the key of David. Isaiah went on to record in in chapter 22, verse 22. He said, The key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. This was addressed to Eliakim, who was the keeper of the house or the keeper of the palace. He was one of the three who went forth to talk to Rabshakeh of the Assyrian army in Isaiah 37. When there was a threat against Jerusalem, there was a threat against Judah and uh, subjugation and uh, captivity being their lot. But he went forth with the word that God would give to him. And thank God he was a pre-fulfillment of what Jesus would fulfill as to this prophecy. The Syrian army couldn't get through the door to Jerusalem. And uh, there was a fulfillment of the prophecy that was given by Isaiah to King Hezekiah. Sennacherib was drawn back to his homeland. He went through the door of his temple to worship where his own sons ended his life. And he didn't walk out the door on his own accord, but they carried him out. Because God knows how to open doors and shut doors. Thank God that that's the God we serve today. And he is able to do the work. And we read in Revelation 3 and 7 that the angel of the church in Philadelphia would be able to write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. This is the reference now to Jesus Christ. He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man man openeth. This was the encouragement to the church at Philadelphia to know that the Lord could open doors of blessing and opportunity and he could shut doors of opposition and persecution and be diligent to fulfill what his word declares as they held on to him. He would say in verse 8, of Revelation 3. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. 
For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. Thank God that he opens the door that no man can shut. We recognize that many have tried to eliminate the word of God. King Jehoiakim sitting in his winter house, slicing the scroll with his penknife and throwing it into the fire. Another King Herod in Acts 12 uh, taking the life of James and imprisoning Peter. Yes, they have tried. Yes, they have made every effort. But thank God the Lord has opened the door and no man can shut it. He said, you have a little strength. Amen. I'm thankful that David was not considered a champion when he faced Goliath, but he stepped forward in faith in the one who had already delivered him from the bear and already delivered him from the lion. Not once but twice he knew the hand of God was able to minister to him in the victory that they sought. And the battle was won because he had a little strength and was willing to move forward. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful that we know the power of God to do a work and hold on to us. Isaiah gave the promise in chapter 40 and verse 31 of how we can renew our strength. But before he said that, he gave a preface in verse 29. Before there would be rising up with wings. Before there would be running and not being weary. Before there would be walking and not fainting. In verse 29 he said, He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Oh, I'm thankful that we can hold on to that strength that the Lord imparts to us. And know that his power is there to minister to us. Thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word. I'm thankful that we can demonstrate our love for the Lord by keeping his commandments. That's what he declared. If you love me, keep my commandments. Thank God that there can be that demonstration. There can be that commitment. Obedience to his word is evidence of commitment. And we continue on as the years go by. And in 2024, there will be challenges to that obedience. There will be challenges to that commitment. But praise God, there there's an open door that I'm going to walk through. I'm going to continue on with it. Praise the Lord. He said, thou hast not denied my name. In that, in that time, in that hour, the Roman emperor demanded worship. He demanded that they bow down before him. Many other idols, many other followers, like great as Diana of the Ephesians, and for two hours they cried out in that manner throughout the city. We know that there were many idols and many rituals that would go along with those idols, but thank God there were those who held to the name of Jesus Christ and did not bow, did not back up. In the face of ridicule and rejection, they continued to rejoice in the power of that name. Hallelujah. The Lord declares in verse 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Look again at those three statements. Thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word. Thou hast did not, denied, not denied my name. Thank God that we can hold fast to what the Lord has given to us. And we're not going to let it go because there is a crown that's waiting for you. A crown of righteousness. A crown of life. A crown of glory. Hallelujah. We're going to move into that realm of knowing the power and the blessing that he has provided. 
Paul and Peter rejoiced in open doors. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, Paul declared, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. He did not add that uh, last phrase about adversaries to discourage. It was a look of reality. It was a recognition that it's not going to be just a complete easy walk through the park, as it were. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be difficulty. But that great and effectual door being opened meant that there was going to be victories over those adversaries because he believed what the Word of God said as he wrote it in Romans chapter 8. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. Praise God. There would be that conquering. There would be that victory. There would be that power displayed. And the hand of the Lord would demonstrate again and again what he desired to fulfill. Second Corinthians 2 and 12 the apostle wrote again to the church at Corinth, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. Thank God that he continued in that direction that the Lord would have for him. The doors would open. The Lord would provide. He would go step forward knowing that God had victory. Paul looked for Titus and for other helpers in this instance. And then he went on to Macedonia. Thank God that there would be the victory that would be unfolding as he had confidence in the Lord opening the door. Because he would declare, now thanks be unto God in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 2. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. There was apostolic influence that he could rely upon. There was power that he knew the Lord would unfold before him. It didn't matter what was waiting for him in Philippi. He would step forward in that Macedonian call and know the hand of the Lord would be there to open the doors. Lydia was one who led in prayer and she was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The fortune teller that they encountered, even though she was saying words of truth. The association with demonic power was what Paul was uncomfortable with, and he cast the demon out of her. She was delivered. She could walk in liberty, but they were ended up in jail. And I wonder, as the architect and the engineer and the builder of that facility, did they brag as humans tend to? In boasting, it's secure, it's strong. No one's going to break out. No one's going to break in but an earthquake. <laughs> Don't plan on earthquakes. Man's design was defeated as the doors were opened. The bands were loosed. And not only that, the jailer and his household were baptized. Praise God. In the early hours of that morning. Oh, thank God. When adversaries come screaming at you, when obstacles rise up before you, you look around for that open door. God's not going to fail you. God's not going to forsake you. There's going to be that open door. There's going to be that place that you can go. Peter wrote about an abundant entrance, 2 Peter 1 and 11. He said, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
I wonder if he was remembering the prison doors that opened of their own accord and how he walked out of that prison and escaped execution and moving into the realm where God would continue to open doors for him. It was an exit out of that prison, but now he's talking about an entrance, an abundant entrance into the kingdom, which is the destiny of the church. Oh, I'm thankful that our God moves on behalf of his people, on behalf of his church and his bride, and is able to open the doors where we can be brought into his power and his glory. We look in the Gospels again, and we're encouraged by the healing of open and uh, blind eyes being open, lepers being healed, and the way opened for them to return to their families and to their jobs and their communities, the crippled man being carried up on the roof because there was no room for him to enter the door. But when he was healed and his sins were forgiven, the way was open for him to walk out the door. Thank God that our Lord knows how to bring about deliverance. And it wasn't just physical thing. It was spiritual spiritual things as well. Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her, and now her life could be lived in liberty and freedom from that demonic influence. The man from Gadara who had thousands of demons, even though that they were there in his life, he ran to worship Jesus, and Jesus cast those legions out. And now he is sitting at the feet of Jesus instead of running, screaming, naked through the cemetery. He is clothed instead of ripping his clothes off because modesty is part of what God treasures and desires in his people. And he, he is in his right mind. Yeah. Because that's what God gives us. Not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mine. Praise God. Oh, what a wonder-working God we serve. Hallelujah. That adulterous woman in her embarrassment and shame in John chapter 8 thrust before the Lord. The doors of night had been opened to her for sinful acts that she committed, but Jesus freed her from condemnation. He said, go and sin no more because his grace forgave her. His grace freed her from that sinful lifestyle. Thank God that's what our God does today. He changes lives. He brings freedom. He brings liberty. He removes condemnation and guilt. And thank God he moves us into the realm of the forgiven. Hallelujah. Even death being conquered. I think about Lazarus. He told him, take ye away the stone. Sometimes you got to open the door. Sometimes you got to stretch your hand out. Sometimes you got to do your part. Take away the stone. Now, smell's going to be bad. No, we fear, we fear outcomes when there's not even going to be that outcome. Because <laughs> the Lord can take care of it. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Bang. Just there. Praise God. Loose him and let him go. Oh, I'm glad our God has the right commands. I'm glad he, I know uh, that he knows what to say. <laughs> Praise God. Doesn't have to be a congressional act with 10,000 words. Just he says it and it's done. Praise God. And the power of the Lord. On resurrections, Jairus' daughter, the widow's son, doesn't matter what spectrum of society people are a part of, they need the Lord. 
Amen. They need to hear him say, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys, the keys of hell and death. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. That's the God we serve. That's the one we're calling upon. Amen. I'm thankful for the power of the Lord that he demonstrated uh, in uh, the the, the church of, of Acts, the book of Acts, 28 chapters that are there. And the church in this day can look at those examples, look at those situations, and rejoice in how great our God is. We can exalt in the Holy Ghost outpouring in the beginning of the 1900s, the revelation of one God in the last century and on to today. And thank God the Lord will continue to open the door to powerful dimensions as we rely upon Him. Praise God. I'm not talking about some science fiction aspect that is so weird or um, a singing group called the fifth dimension. Some of you might remember that. Age of Aquarius. Oh, well, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to follow on to the Lord and know his power and his goodness. Praise God. I'm going to take up the promise that declares, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You need to underline that in your Bible, Luke 10 and 19. Praise God. You need to recognize that you can come rejoicing, telling the Lord, even the devils are subject unto us by your name. Praise God. And then you need to recognize Jesus rejoiced in that hour as well because he was thrilled that they were finally grasping the power of his word. They were finally understanding when I say it, it's going to happen and you can believe it and you can act on it. Praise God. Lord, help us today in this hour to understand there's an open door. There's power to walk through it. There's blessings that's going to be displayed. There's the hand of God that is going to come forth because the opportunities that are there. The Lord saying, Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Thank God that we can move into the realm of God's blessings and power and know his goodness is there to trust the one who said, I am the door, and he will make a way for you. Like Moses declaring, If you don't go with us, Lord, we don't want to go. But if you are going, we know you're going to open the door. And then Moses desire Show me your glory. And thank God the Lord demonstrating that power again. And uh, then Paul writing to the Corinthians saying, you go from glory to glory. You can go from strength to strength. You can know the power that I have for you and the blessings that can be fulfilled as you follow me through that open door. And we continue to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And not only in a general sense for all the situations that we face, but for me, Lord, I want your kingdom to come to me. Lord, I want to enjoy the power and the blessing that you have there. I want to know the victory and the strength that you've imparted to your kingdom. I want your will to be done, Lord, not my will. Sometimes we get it so confused and we try to talk God into my will. God, do it this way. God, answer that way. God, work this way. Just shut up once in a while and say, God, your will be done. Amen. Amen. And let his power be displayed because there is an open door. I'm declaring to you there is an open door. And God 
is going to lead you through it. God is going to open dimensions and vistas and victories and power that we have not seen before. There's going to be more. Is there going to be a people who will say, yes, Lord? Is there going to be a church that's going to exert apostolic influence? Praise God. And move into that realm of spiritual power like we've never seen. I believe that God has it for us today. Stand with me now, please. Thank the Lord that we know his goodness. Thank the Lord that we know his power. Praise God. Praise God. Now, there's situations that are here right now that you're wondering, how is is this going to work out? How is this going to come about? How is everything going to fall in place? How is there going to be an answer? How is there going to be a, a, a resolution to the problem? I'm telling you. God has a way to open the door for you. Praise God. Hearing his voice, following his direction, living in his will, that's the challenge. Praise God. And oh, amazing results. Amazing outcomes that God has for us. Let's step through those doors now in his will and by his power. Praise God. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let circumstances hold you back. Don't feel like there's no way it's going to change. I'm telling you, God has an open door. Praise God. Would you come now as we draw to a close? Not completely a close, no. This is an opening. This is an opportunity. This is a way that you can step into even more of God's glory, even more of God's goodness, and more of his presence. Praise God. Because that's what he desires to impart. That's what he desires to bring forth. Thank God that we know he's able to produce. He's able to provide. His presence is so great. Praise God. Amen, amen. Can we pray together now? Can we believe God together now? Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ.